maybe you can just have a, a sit for a little while and then before we go to the scripture I'd like to um, uh, share a little bit of update uh, about uh, uh, just what is the Lord has did uh, recently in China so just uh, keep you updated of what's happened over there uh, if they had a uh, slides ready uh, this brother I, I think I shared it with you before uh, when I uh, was uh, come back home uh, he was uh, uh, a wonderful brother he doesn't claim himself to be a minister but he just had a burden in his heart to want to uh, uh, share the word with the people so he find out a way to do that and uh, he uh, go online and uh, just post a message every day uh, you know to one uh, every day he got some uh, just a portion of a message uh, he extracted from the uh, certain uh, um, uh, you know title and sometimes he used a uh, question and answer just posted daily daily on there and then uh, there's uh, some uh, Christian groups uh, in a different uh, 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 chat room or whatever you call that and uh, he started to get in there and uh, post a message in there a lot of them uh, kick him out but also there's uh, quite a few receiving him so uh, he's uh, uh, just in the last few months and he got uh, so many requests that then he think you know I'm not a minister but I want to do something for the Lord so he started to um, uh, contact them and uh, they said well if you're able can you come over to uh, get this me- uh, share this message to us so he uh, get her some of the money and then uh, he started to uh, get on the ticket, get on the train, uh, uh, get on uh, uh, the airplane. And uh, he was coming from one place here and the flight over here and to take a train over here and just go everywhere just in the last few months. And so he reached to the area that we would never be able to even to reach. He went to the, even the Muslim uh, uh, province, which is uh, uh, down in the whole west, uh, uh, close to uh, Turkmenistan or uh, Kyrgyzstan, all those uh, uh, countries. And uh, so he shared a, a message to the Muslim people. And, uh, you know, there was about five of them, and they uh, received the message. And just through this uh, young brother's, uh, uh, just some of the burden that in him, that you saw the picture, that he got a little head on, because he went into that province, it's a Muslim uh, province, they all wear the little heads, so that's why he wanted to be uh, mingled into them, so he wore the heads too. And then uh, he went to uh, uh, some other places, and up in the north, uh, you saw it over here, that's uh, close to uh, uh, Siberia, there's um, about a minus 20 and minus 30. And he just went there and shared a word with the people. And uh, by God's grace, there's a little group and I received a message just uh, through this uh, brother's uh, uh, ministry. And then he said, you know, I'm not to the minister. Uh, what should I do? So he called Brother David. So Brother David and another brother, and they make it a team. And they went to that place. And uh, by God's grace, there's 18 people was baptized uh, just uh, through that, uh, what he did. You know, he got a family too. So uh, he was, uh, he said, you know, I just have the burden. I want to do something for the Lord. His wife said, he said, just get out of the home. He said, just do whatever the Lord leads you to do. Don't, don't worry about the kids. I'll take care of the kids. So he was uh, also do it. And then he's, I, I asked him, I said, brother, I said, do you need any help? You know, we can, uh, if you need to uh, buy a ticket or whatever. He said, you know, he said, before I do this work for the Lord, he said, I always cannot make my ends meet. 
He said, I always, I, uh, he was uh, doing a little uh, selling the snacks here and uh, do a little cooking uh, on the street. Uh, uh, we here, we do a hot dog, I guess. They're, they're, they do a different dog there. So, uh, that, so he, was selling, uh, he was selling some food on the, on the street. And he never, <laughs> he never makes the ends meet. And, but he said, you know what? He said, as soon as I started to walk out, I started doing the work for the Lord to my burden. He said, the Lord provide all my way. He said, I went to the place. Uh, I don't even know where's my next stop going to go. I don't even have a penny in my pocket to go. I just go by face and a uh, little bit of save the money. And you know, it's the wife and the husband is saving the money even for their children. And the wife said, just take the money. Just go uh, share the message to the people. And he said, you know, when I get to that place and that the people, it's just the Lord put a burden in my heart. Just put a maybe a few dollars uh, to his hand and the other people to a few dollars then he got his uh, money to uh, get a train ticket and then he go to the Muslim country and then the people provide his needed again just one after another and he said hey, there's uh, still about uh, three or four places that he needs to go to share the message uh, how wonderful that is uh, one person just in the hands of God has a little burden that in his heart the uh, Lord doesn't uh, use uh, super duper people but just simple people people like that if they had a burden in their heart to do something for the Lord Amen. well if you don't mind let's uh, stand up and I'll uh, uh, maybe continue my thoughts uh, uh, from last time I don't know when I'm uh, going to get off of this uh, burden of the word uh, probably I will never get, <laughs> get out of that but uh, I think that's uh, uh, that is a good thing yeah. Lord put a burden in my heart uh, no matter what 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 uh, what my role is, but Lord, uh, I'm nobody. But Lord can use a nobody. If you are somebody, God still make you become a nobody, and then He will make somebody in His will. So let's turn to the book of uh, uh, Psalm, chapter 22. Book of Psalm, chapter 22. Let's read it from a verse 1 to 8. The Bible said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitants the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of a man, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out their lip, they shake their head, uh, saying, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. And that's, uh, uh, go down to the verse 19. You know, this is a question that coming from David's uh, heart. He was in a, a difficult situation. He coming to this, uh, probably one of the most uh, danger, uh, uh, trials that in his life. But I'm so glad that the Bible doesn't end it there. He has a question. Uh, you can have a question. But a question is different from a doubt. 
Right. You can have a question in your mind, Lord, why is this? Lord, why is this? It's nothing wrong to ask the Lord a question. I think Brother Kyle was a minister the other day. Thank you so much, Brother Kyle. I was so, so blessed by the, uh, by the service on a, on, a, on, a, on a Sunday night. You can have a question that in your mind, but you can still, like David did, though he got a question, but he never dealt God. He never suspicious when you're going to do it. I know, Lord, you're going to do it. Lord, this is the question in my mind. But, Lord, I need an answer of that. And then at the 19, But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, he's thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast... For thou hast adhered me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation would I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhor the affliction of the afflicted. Neither has he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. May the Lord bless His word and let's have a prayer. But dear Heavenly Father would open up this Holy Scripture, Lord. Or sometimes the so simple word. I don't, I don't believe that David was thinking uh, or, or even a heavenly imagination that thinking all the psalm that he sung, all the word that he said will be put in the Bible. Lord, even when he was in, this, in this such a strait, even when he was in this, such a difficult situation, he cried out unto God. But Lord, you put that in the Bible. Lord, he probably never realized that this word that he said, why, why hast thou forsaken me? And even our Lord Jesus Christ, 800 years later, used the same word that is spoken by this human called David. Had so many of mistakes, had done so many things. Lord, while he doing that, he probably feel shame. He probably feel he's in a, such a uh, difficulty, in such a trial that don't know what to do. Even they stare at his bone, they shoot their lips uh, toward him. But he never sought our Jesus Christ, the Messiah that he has been looking forward for so many years. Everybody looking for, and that, that Messiah used the same word that is to come from these human lips. Father, we thank you, Lord. We know this is scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit. I just ask you, Lord, take the rest of a few minutes and then make this word become a reality to our people, Lord. Lord, sometimes we feel, why hast thou forsaken me, Lord? But Lord, we're so thankful that you never forsaken us, Lord. Lord, you never forsaken your own children. You always have the open ear for their pleading. Father, we just ask you to meet the need of the people tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Brother Bram said in 1953, um, in a message of the resurrection, and he said, uh, speaking just a moment until the people kind of get set settled down. And I sure wish that I hadn't have a, made arrangement for another meeting somewhere. He said, I still believe in Miami and uh, its hold can be uh, turned upside down for God. But what is it going to take this month uh, is 
faithful few that sitting here this afternoon with such a hunger to do that or say that until you can't sleep or eat. When the travail of soul comes upon the person, Zion will bring forth children. That's for sure. But when you get that kind of a place, then you are going to get somewhere. Whenever God is moving, it always has to take the travailing of the soul. It just has to take the, the people who really had the burden that in their heart and want to do something for the word, for the, for the Lord. It's not that the money to push the work of the Lord uh, forward. It's not that uh, just a certain uh, uh, special pet doctrines can uh, push the work of the Lord and up uh, forward. It has to take the, the people who has the burden the heart. And that in their soul, they're going through such a travailing, the travailing. They said, I just want to do something for the Lord. And then it cannot just rest a day and night until that it starts to do something for the Lord. And that's the, it's to take those type of a situation when the person's in, then the Lord starts to moving. You saw when a church starts to moving, you always take the person, that the people with the burden that in his heart want to do something for the Lord. I think for our church, according to our Bible way, to have what we have the church today, it takes the one man that had the burden in his heart, in a, one of sitting in a, one of the office in the Toronto area, and then the Lord moving in his heart, he just can't and not to do anything else, but have to give up everything and move his whole family to here. Doesn't even know where to go. Doesn't even know what to start it. But it's the burden that the Lord put in the person. For God to move in our family, it takes either a mom or a daddy to have the burden that in their heart for their children, for their loved ones, and went through the travailing of the soul, then the Lord starts moving. It takes the burdened soul of, uh, uh, jo, jo, uh, I think it's Moses' uh, father and mother, uh, I forgot his name, jo, uh, Bay or, or something. And they take the, it takes the, their head a burdened heart in their heart for the father. And uh, when he saw the, all the slash, the, the taskmaster of the Egypt, Egyptians, and the laid on the people's, uh, laid on the Israelites at the back, then he has to go the day and night. They went through all of that. And he went after the, such a hard work. He go, he went back home and the laying there before God and praying. And the prayer, and the mom said, When are you going to go to sleep? He said, I just need to go a little further. And then he going on to the prayer, and then the prayer, then the angel coming down with a sword in his hand said, I'm going to deliver them out of this country. It has to take the burden of the heart that of even in our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he went into the Gethsemane, and all the disciples, they all went in sleep. But even he said, I have to do this myself, then I have to do it. If you have to walk with the Lord, Lord, the people they must be walk with the Lord alone. It doesn't matter what else the people's doing. It doesn't matter what else the people in your families is doing. It doesn't matter what any anybody else in the church is doing. But you're the one that God puts the burden in your heart. And when he was, uh, God put the burden in his heart, then he said, I must go a little further. If our Lord Jesus Christ has to go a little further, how much further that we need to go? 
But he always takes the burden of the heart that in the people, and then the Lord starts to do something. He takes the travailing of the soul that a person cannot even utter, that in the soul they cannot put into the word, they cannot express it clearly to other people, but just something in the heart of the believer. Lord, I want to do something for you. Lord, it seems that everybody thinking the situation has no problem. Everybody thinking everything's just going so smoothly, but something just in your heart, he said, this is not enough. There's a something that needs to be done. It takes those type of a drive, it takes those type of a travailing of the soul to pull the presence of God on the sin. And then inside a man, Brother Bram said, he said, there's no burden seemingly. He said, and you give me someone that's just so tore up about the lost souls that he just cry and that are wanting a revival so bad till they can hardly eat, just simply can. If you read the history of the world and the religious history, you will find out it's always taking that, it's always taking that kind of spirit to bring a revival. He said, you have to be tore up. He said, it's the atmosphere of anything. We can bring a different atmosphere that are around us. We can bring an atmosphere that the people, they all want to fellowship with you. You can bring an atmosphere, people always want to be beside you, always want to listen to you. You can bring an atmosphere with a happiness, just everybody wanting to uh, circle around you, oh, they feel the happiness. Whenever I get around a brother John Andy, I feel happy. I feel jiggling. You know, whenever he's coming into my office, hallelujah, brother Murphy. I'll just say, hallelujah, brother John. He would just have a, such a happiness that around him, everybody get beside him. You cannot just without being happy. I was have, I, when I get into brother Tom, I have a happiness. No matter what situation he's in, he's always happy, always smiling, always patting on you, my buddy. He carries that atmosphere. But can we get into the atmosphere that has a, such a travailing of the soul that a person get be, beside that person that it starts to feeling something moving in their heart? Can we have that type of atmosphere also that a person that can have the burden in their heart? Though their face doesn't show it, though their presence doesn't show it, but as soon as they get into it, you can feel the burden in that person's heart. They want to do something for the Word. They want to do something for the Lord. They want to get a gospel over. They want to get a message over. When the children get into that type of atmosphere, when the children get into that type of presence, they start to feel uncomfortable. It's not of, it's not of uncomfortable. They want to get out of the way. They probably feel uncomfortable. Lord, there's something wrong with me. I need to repent. You can also create it, that type of atmosphere that are wronged you. It's not to condemn everybody, but it's just an atmosphere that are wronged you. You have a burden in the soul, you have the travailing of the soul, that are the people getting around you, they want to do something for the Lord. The reason the travailing has come, it is because the hour has come. When the travailings has come, it always have to wait until the, the burden becomes so heavy. Then it must be delivered. I think for, for the works that we're having uh, in China. I remember when I first uh, came into the, the church. When, uh, it's about the 1997 and 19, uh, 
98 uh, then, uh, I remember that we had a prayer meeting. And um, Brother Edifield had a burden in his heart that he said, uh, you know, there's so many Chinese people here. What can we do to them? Why there's not even one Chinese people that are in our church? Why not even one person's over there? And then he started a burden. Then he said, we want to do something. He said, it filled a burden. Lord, it must be put that burden in the pastor's heart. Then he called for a prayer meeting. And there's a, I don't know how many people, there was a flooded that in the a fellowship hall. And the people, they're laying down there to pray for God to open up the door. It's not that we force the door to open, but he says, God is going to do something there. And then when the doors is open, it's just like open widely. And look at it, what is the Lord did? Through one burden, one travailing of the soul. Me sitting here, my wife sitting here, my children sitting here, Sister Juniper sitting here, Sister Wendy sitting here, Brother Jim and British Sister Shirley, and all these people, my, my in-laws are sitting here, my sister-in-law sitting here. From a one travailing of a soul. Then it put the whole church, it pulled the whole church into the atmosphere. And it put everybody, every resource, everything into the atmosphere. Then the Lord started moving. You want to find out that the key of the Lord moving? That's the key that God's moving. You can bring that down to your family. You can bring it down to your loved ones. You can bring that down to your neighbor. You can bring that down to the school or whatever that you are at. You can be that person who is the travailing of the soul. It always have to wait until the burden is so heavy. Then the travailing come. The travailing cannot just come randomly. It must be one that God if I. If God had a burden, He must find the person that is so that so that He can entrust the ways and put His burden into that person. That person himself doesn't necessarily know everything. That person himself doesn't necessarily can put everything into perspective. He doesn't even know how to answer that. Let me take another same example for the message hub. I remember when it, I think it's 2007. And when a brother heads uh, uh, but that has been uh, uh, pro, uh, 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 unfolding for quite a, quite a while. But in the two year 2007, and when we have a meeting in the auditorium there, and I remember clearly, uh, uh, brother Randy Snow or whoever, and they rolled out that big, uh, big machine, uh, a kiosk. And they rolled it out. That is the from uh, a one man's burden. Because they were not, we want to get a message to the people. We want to get a message without the boundary. And that everybody can freely download a message so that they can print it out by themselves. It's whose burden? I believe it's God's burden. God had a burden, but He must have let some man carry that burden so that He can go forward. He has to, he has to entrust His burden as a, such a precious gift. Nobody else is doing this. Nobody else has that burden. But he was on earth. He must find a person. That person doesn't have to need to be a pastor. That person doesn't need to be a superman. That person can be just as common as anybody else that's sitting here. 
And then he entrusted the burden to that person. And then that person will carry that burden forward. Then it goes through the travailing of the soul. I remember we have a meeting after meeting. We're talking about how are we going to get this to the people? How are we going to get this to the work? The printing station or the kiosk or whatever that is. Meeting after meeting. Why? Because there's a driven force there. When God put the burden in a certain people, there's a driving force that he cannot arrest the day and night. He must have fulfilling that. That can apply to many things, many areas that are sit, that are to the people that are sitting among us. It can apply to you, Brother Matthew. It can apply to you, Brother Darren. It can apply to every mommy, every daddy that's sitting over here. That's the Brother Alan King that he gave us the video. Have to make it into DVD or the video. Get to Liverpool, get to London, get to wherever that the people was at. What is that? God put out a burden in the people's heart. They must do something for the Lord. We say without a vision, the people perish. I'll say without a burden, our church dwindled. Without a burden, a family started cruising. Without a burden, the children started fading away. Without a burden, the marriage life started to just you know, uh, I'm not against the romantic. That is wonderful. I wish I can be more romantic to my wife. And that everybody was doing that. But without the burden, without the burden to get our family to going forward, to going higher, to going closer with the Lord, that marriage life will, go, will come to a low ebb. And that the burden cannot be just the person's own burden. A person can have his own burden, but if the burden without coming from the Word of God, that burden won't last very long. It's just like a flash in the pan. Very soon, that burden is going to fade away. We saw, hey, uh, we saw Moses has a burden. When he first heard that he was not to the Pharaoh's son, that he got a burden when he was looking through the window. He saw all the Israelites, uh, his, uh, the whip on their back, and there the mud. Uh, 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 mud uh, dubber, uh, and they're just the outside there and doing all the slaves work. And when Moses saw that, then Moses know. I'm sure his mom probably day and night telling him, "You had a gift. The Lord had a calling for your life." But you see, without meeting the person, no God, Moses' burden just the flesh in the pan. The burden cannot be just that you ask him for. The burden cannot be just, you know, you said, oh, I was just, uh, you know, I saw this, oh, that, uh, I, I want to have the burden. The burden must be God entrusted away. And so when Moses, when it was uh, looking through the window, saw all of that, Moses had a burden for his own people. And Moses can, is not going to be called the Pharaoh's daughter's son anymore. Then Moses went out to visit the people. And we said, uh, what a heroic uh, move that Moses did. And then he went there, he be with his people. But what is this burden did? His own burden is only killed an Egyptian, and that's all. Then he ran away. That's because that's his burden. 
But you see, God doesn't put a burden to a people's heart without a purpose. When God put a burden in the people's heart, God expected that burden to be delivered. Though Moses, that, well, the way that he's doing is wrong, but it's God's responsibility. He must see through that it's a burden to be delivered. So though Moses backslided into the, to the desert, though Moses went into, even lost his burden. But God never lost his burden. He is the one that must fulfill his work. He's the one must deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. God never done away with his burden in Moses' life. If God put a burden in your heart, if God had put you responsible as a high priest in your family, or your mama as the fifth God, that in your family, that burden will never leave you. Sometimes maybe you've done that, that burden with the wrong method, but that burden of the Lord will never leave you. So Moses went into the wilderness. Then he started to uh, uh, do his uh, sheep, uh, 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 shepherd work, and he got a, a married a wife and get a children. It seems like everything just goes fine, and Moses lost his burden. He lost his burden, but God never lost that burden. God used that time for 40 years. It seems like a quiet time. Nothing happened, but it's something is brewing that during that time. Because God prepared that person. Why he prepared? He must take away, take out everything that Moses possessed so that he can meet God in that burning bush. And then God put his burden that into Moses' heart. Then in the book of Acts 7.34, the Lord said, I have sinned. I have sinned that affliction of my people, which is in Egypt. And I have heard their groaning. And I'm coming down to deliver them. He said, and now come, talk about Moses. I will send thee into Egypt. It's God's burden that is hard because he hurt his people's cry. When we're crying unto the Lord, you are literally building up to the burden, not in you, but you're building up to the burden that in God's heart. It's not a way just crying to the Lord, the Lord, you know, do, deliver us from this uh, situation that we're in. Lord, deliver my children. Lord, deliver our loved ones to save them. It's not a your burden, but while we're crying, it's the burden of God become an accumulated build up, build up, and a build up. And then it come to a time when it's a need to be delivered. It takes the, the travail of a soul to deliver that. And how God doing that? He let Moses meet him. When Moses meets God in that burning bush, then Moses become a different person. But in the beginning, even when Moses heard that, because he lost his burden, and when God wanted to put his burden on Moses, Moses said, I cannot do it. It's just too much to me. But that's the time, that's the right moment that that person can be used by God. So God said, I'll send you to. Then what Moses said? The Moses said, now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, uh, God said, and to teach thee what thou shalt say. In the book of Exodus 4, 13, it said, that, Then he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hands of him whom thou wilt send. In another word, Lord, that's your burden. Do whatever you want to do, but not me. Right. You do whatever you want to do. You go whatever you want to go, but not me. 
I'm out of this business. I've been failed one time. I don't want to fail the second time. How many times we do the same thing? But you see, if you are chosen by God, no other people can fulfill that. You said, I'm not worthy to be a bride. I'm not worthy to be this. But if you are chosen by God, nobody else can fulfill that burden of God. He needs a spotless, no, no wrinkled bride that in this last age. No other people can fulfill that, but only you can fulfill that. That is the burden of God. And God's burden overrides all the Moses' weakness. God's burden override all Moses, his excuses. No matter how weak he is, or how, how many excuses that he got, how he's thinking, of, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. But God said, my burden override your weakness. No matter how weak you think you are, no matter how you think I'm not worthy to do this, but God's burden override every one of that. Because it's his burden. No matter what situation you are in, it's God's burden. Is it God's burden that He wants to deliver you? Is it God's burden that He wants to save our family become a strong in faith? Is it God's burden that He wants to save your wayward children? Is it God's burden want to bring the backsider back to the home fold again? That is not your burden, but it's God's burden. And you're the one to do it. And his burden override every one of those excuses that Moses had. But he must have led Moses to meet God first so that he can go down to Egypt. And then he become a different person after he met God. He carries the burden now, the God's burden that in Moses. What a glorious thing that is. When God's burden in Moses, when everybody else wants to go back to Egypt, Moses is standing in between the gap. When God's burden in Moses' life, when Dathan and Korah start to rise up against it, and Moses is standing in between the gap. When everybody is jeering that uh, the slander and Moses do everything they can, and even God himself said, let me kill them. And so thou rise up the tribe from you. And Moses said, Lord, before you kill them, why don't you just kill me? Right. Whose burden? God's burden. That is a different burden than Moses' burden. Yeah. Why? Because he met God in a personal way. Brother Bramah said, but it's accepting the person. He questioned an answer in 1954. He said, it's accepting the person, Christ Jesus. And these other things come right on in and they fit together. So when Moses meets the Lord in a personal way, it's not his temporary burden anymore. But it's become a, he carry a God's burden. In another word, he pregnanted with the God's burden. God can entrust his most precious thing that is to Moses. What is the most precious thing that in God's heart? He said, these people are my people. I want to deliver them. I heard their prayer. I heard their prayer like an incense. Yes. Uh, like an like a, uh, like in, um, incense. Uh, whatever that is. 
that the prayers are like that, that go up to before the nostril of God. That is the what is the precious prayer of the saints. And that accumulating, accumulating, build up God's burden, build up God's burden. And then the Lord said, I will send that prophet to go down to deliver my people. Isn't that the same thing that what is the Lord doing in our age, in this time? It's the prayer of the saints. They want to see God move. They want to see God, not just in the word, and not just in the letter, not just in the Bible and the pages. They want to see God move. Yeah. Thank God sent Malachi 4. Yeah. Then sent the prophet to us, bring the message to us. Yeah. What is the prayer of the saints? Rise up to the Lord. It's the prayer of the saints that rise up to the Lord. God raised up the minister. God raised up the pastor to bring faithfully the word to us. Amen. It's your prayer that for your children, for your loved ones, like the precious and the fragrance that come up, come up before the nostril of the God that build up the burden, build up the burden. The Lord said, I ordain you, Father, as a high priest. Now it's your turn. It's not your burden anymore, but it's my burden about your children. You meet God in a personal way. Brother Bram said, I'll give you my estimation of what I think that the closest thing to an evidence that a man is a Christian than anything I know of. And then you know what it is? It's a travail of a soul. A person that's always so hungry, always so hungry and thirsting for God. They just simply day and night and they just can't stand it. They got to do something for God. They're full of love and they're just a soul travail, just travailing all the time. If you remember, Brother Kyle was quoted on a Sunday night about uh, in the desperation. He said, how do you know? Why do I know that if I have the token? What you before? What you after? He said, what's your desire before? And what is your desire after you apply to the token? Here's the key of it. How do I know that you're a Christian? He said, the most closest evidence I can ever ever get. He said, that person always so hungry and thirsty for God. It's not how big they are. It's not how pure they are. It's not how many deeds they have have made. It's it's not how many probation time they went through. How many test time they're they're okay. You know, we test them in the church for a month or two. They're okay. They're fine. They can go. It's not that. But it's the hungry and the thirsty for God all the time. Even when they are in their not all to be conditioned, but in their heart is still thirsty about God. We're not always strong. We're not always 24 hours, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, always strong. You know, I'm super, I'm okay, I'm fine. I can do that. I can, I can, I can brave through with all of this. It's not. We are weak, Wessel. We are weak as we can be. But it's that desire that is in you. It's that desire you're hungry and thirsty, always for God. God has to through use somebody to uh, express his burden. We saw David himself even went through the travailing time.
David in the book of Psalm 22, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He said, Why are those so far from helping me? Have you experienced that too? Have you ever come before the Lord? It seems like the situation that you're in, it seems like I have no answer. To and then we come in before the Lord and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know, I ask him for help. I ask him for assistance from the Lord. Why does it never come? And then he said, He said, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. In the night of this season, I'm now silent. I think how many we fathers and the mothers has been praying for your wayward children? And how many times have we prayed for our loved ones? But you see, God is always answering our prayer. But in His own time. I'm so happy that my sister-in-law was baptized. I was thinking about it. What a reward for my in-laws. They've been praying for her year after year. More than 20 some years. They never give it up. They have the burden in their soul. Sometimes I was talking with them. And I can see they have the burden for my sister-in-law way. Day in and a day out. But they live a gospel worthy life. Before her. And they live a life having no, uh, having no, uh, without a reproach. Than before my sister-in-law. And they always give themselves. They always pray. And they always believe. And 20 years later. We saw her standing in a water tank. Sometimes we maybe say. My God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? But Lord said, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. But in my time, I will bring them in. And that burden become heavier and heavier. And you went through a travailing of time. And David said, He said, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitant of the praise of Israel. He said, Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst, thou didst deliver them. David bring into you the memory of God. He said, God, he said, Lord, I don't understand the situation. I don't understand why this happened to me. It seems like the Lord had never answered. He said, Lord, our Father has trusted you. Our forefathers, you have answered to Joshua. You went to Abraham and Jacob and, and all these forefathers. Lord, they trusted you. And you did deliver to them. In another word, Lord, I saw you moving. I saw you moving in Cloverdale. I saw you moving in our family. But Lord, when is my turn? I know that God is a faithful God. I know that God is a powerful God. I know God answers the prayer. I know God always come on the sin. But Lord, when is my turn? He said, they cried unto thee and were delivered. But Lord, I cried unto you, no worse, no lesser than they cry. I seeking your presence, no lesser than they're seeking you. Lord, I pray no lesser than they prayed. Lord, I fast no lesser than the other people fast. Lord, I did exactly the same thing. Lord, I need an answer. He said, they trust in thee and we're not confounded. He said, but I am a worm, a no man, a reproach of man that despise, 
of the people. He said, but Lord, why? Why you answered all the others, but don't answer me? Why does the things that happen to other people not happen to my family? Why does it happen to all the other people, but not, but not happen to myself? He said, all they that see me, love me to scorn. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, and they're saying, He said, he trusts on the Lord, that it will deliver him. He said, let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. God just uh, allowed them to do whatever the standing they do. Mocking David, do all of that. It seems like there's no answer. Don't raise up your hand. But how many of you, when we saw the people who make such a damage, who make such a havoc for this message, and the mocking this message, and the, uh, do all kinds of things to bless the message, how many of us that have a, maybe have some thoughts in our mind, Lord, to put them on the deathbed so that they will not blaspheme anymore. You don't have to raise up your hand. How many of you have ever thought about that? How many of you have ever thought about the Lord? The people who have done so much damage that to those people, for the young people as well, and uh, to destroy their face and to put this on and put that on. Lord, why don't you come on the sin? Make them sick. So that they were not to blaspheme anymore. I know you're all born from a cherubim and seraphim. You never have this type of thought. <laughs> you all have a perfect love. I know that. Oh, we just pray for them. You know, they're... I'm just be honest with you. How many times have we asked the Lord about that? How many times when we saw... It's not that we hate it, but when we saw there's so many things that happened. Where is our God? Where is that God in the Pentecost? When they when they're lying to before Peter, and then he says, "Why are you deceiving the Holy Ghost?" How much time do we want to see that happen amongst us? But it seems like we never saw that. And that the people, the Jaron and the mocking and the David with all the things. But you know, God is a justice God. He has his time to do things. That is the judgment that the Lord said, a vengeance belongs to me. I will avenge. That is the Lord said. No matter how long or how what things has happened, but God is going to, that those things will be paid for it. But it's not my duty to know when you're going to do that. But uh, we, for us, I believe the Lord wants us to say there's something beyond that. It's not just the Lord when you're going to avenge, when you're going to do something about the situation. Because the Lord look at the things was different from what we're looking at. Brother Bram said in my new ministry, he said, uh, look at David in the Psalm 22. Crying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He said, not David. He said, he was a Christ 800 years later. 
He said, all my bones stirred in me. They shoot out their lips at me. They wag their heads, saying, he saved others, but himself he cannot save. David speaking that as if he was himself, but he was the Spirit of God in him. Christ speaking forth. He said, that how they got so anointed with the Holy Spirit that they even spoke as if they was themselves. He said, like David cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It wasn't David. He wasn't forsaken. But it was the Spirit of Christ in him calling out. In another word, when David, he was in his minor situation. He's in this minor difficulty. He's in this trial. And he think this is so much overwhelming to him. That God bring him into a tight spot. But when God bring him into a tight spot. When it was even questioned. Say Lord why hast thou forsaken me? But, it be, but he never realized what he said God put out in the Bible. It's for 800 years later. When Christ was put on a cross in the Mount of Calvary. Christ had to quote it. What it David said here. It's the spirit of Christ that in David. But when David in that situation, when he cried out, it's not a David cried out, but it's the Christ himself cried it out. Many times when you are in the situation, when you're coming to the difficulty, when you're coming to something that happened to your life, something that's happened to your family, we think, where is the justice God? Where is the God that answers the avenging? Where is the God that answers the prayer? It's not God that doesn't answer the prayer, but God puts you into the tight spot to fulfill the further, greater things He's going to do. It's when David is in the most lowest moment then they said, why hast thou forsaken me? It's the David when he's in the lowest moment, don't know what to turn. And then he said, they're staring at my bone. He said, they're like the bow of a Bashan. They look at me, they're dashing toward me. And all those things God recorded in the book of Psalm. And then when Jesus come, he fulfilled whatever the word that David has said. What David, what does it go through? It's only a reflection of what God is burden that is in his heart. When David went through that, when David saw it's only the situation that he was in. But when God's spirit went into him, when God saw, he saw Jesus on the cross. He saw Jesus on the Mount Calvary. He saw Jesus crying, dying, and the breath is the last breath, and to speak the last word that the redemption has done. When we saw in our situation, we only think of the Lord, when you are going to answer to me. But in God's way, when He saw, He saw way greater than you saw. Amen. I'm thinking about a victor who was sitting here. I'm sure the father, senior victor, has been praying for his son many times. Now we saw victor with his dear wife sitting here. What a godly man that it is. is. But not long ago, a few years ago, when I was passing by with my wife on the street, I couldn't recognize him. He was sitting there, his head was bald. It was, a, it was just a, such a darkness that it in his face. My wife said, I, said, I think that's Victor. I said, no way. It's impossible. And I even go to turn my head to look at him. I think he tried to avoid me. And he turned his head to play with his phone. 
But what God did, I'm sure if Brother Victor, you're thinking about, you know, Lord, when are you going to save my son? Lord, when are you going to do something? Why hast thou forsaken me? It seems like everything went wrong. It seems like this wrong, that wrong, that wrong. But don't you realize when we saw, we only see now. And then the burden started accumulating. It's not your burden, but it's a God's burden. When that burden was accumulating, was a build up, you saw, Lord, why has you forsaken me? And then the Lord said, I didn't forsake you. I'm just saving a testimony. It's not only a testimony for himself, but a testimony in the future, he will get a wife. The testimony will bring Johnny into this vote again. The testimony will bring other people that are into this vote again. You only saw what's happened now. And then when you see things out, you yield it out. Why had them forsaken me? It's like David did. But God saw a salvation coming. But God saw Jesus was nailed on the cross. It's only when you get to that situation that you're still faithful to God. You still believe that God will answer. Even though you have a question in your mind. Lord, why is this? Lord, why is this? But you see, question is different than doubt. Those Israelites, when they get out of Egypt, they have a doubt that in their mind. They said, why can't we just uh, do this? Why can't we just do that? Their whole purpose, their goal is, is uh, doubting God's word. But David never doubting God's word. So those Israelites, they all died. The two million people, only two went into the promise. And the rest of them, they all died on the wilderness. Because their whole purpose, their goal is not to believe the word of God. Their whole goal, they want to get out of there and go back to Egypt. So the Lord will never bring them into the promised land. But David, even he has the question that in his mind, but he never doubted God's word. He just said to the Lord, Lord, when this going to happen to me? And then David, in the whole, the rest of the verse, he was talking about... Uh, you know, my, I'm poured out like water and all my bones out of joy. David, it seems like he's complaining. But his complaining is never doubting the word of God. Amen. He just don't understand. When Job was cursing his own birth, he said, I made a day that my birth had become a darkened. Job never questioned God. Job never doubted God's word. Though he's full of a question that in his mind, don't know which way to turn, don't know what it is. But in his heart, in his soul, he always believed God's word. And at the last he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Even in that situation, I cannot have a no answer to that. But I know my Redeemer liveth. Even the skin worm destroyed my body. But in my body, I will see him again. They ask him, how? I don't know. But God said so. You can question God. You could question God. And many times in our lives, the things that happen to you, you are questioning God. But for a believer, they never disbelieve God's word. No matter how many questions in my mind, no matter how many questions in your mind, but in your heart, in your soul, you never question God's word. 
He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But Abraham said, it's not David. It was a Christ 800 years later. David is speaking that as if it was him. But it was the spirit of a God in him. Even that question coming out for the outsider. Maybe thinking, are you doubting the word of a God? He's going through trials. He's going through the difficulty. He's going through the time. He almost drive him insane. He got a question in his mind. But the prophet said that that's the spirit of a Christ in David. To say that word. Sometimes you saw people, they come to a point. It seems like they're waving the white towel when they gave it up. But something driving them. They still come to the church. They're still reading the message. They're still listening to it. Well, the preacher was preaching. In their mind, they said, reject it, reject it. But in their heart, they said, Lord, I believe every word that I said. Lord, I know the situation is hopeless. I know the situation is there's no way for me to get out. And no matter look at the left or right, up and down, no matter what that I look at, it seems that there's no, there's no direction. It seems that there's no help is coming. But there's something in the bottom of your heart. You said, oh, Lord, but still, this is the truth. That is the spirit of a Christ. But Abraham said that how they got so anointed with the Holy Spirit that it even spoke as if it was themselves. He said, my God, why has thou forsaken me? It wasn't David. He wasn't forsaken. But it was the spirit of a Christ in him calling out. It was a Christ calling out of David. God expressed himself through those prophets. If he could anoint a man to enter that atonement of the shed blood of the lambs and heifers, and it could make them speak exactly the truth, expresses his will, how much more can he do it under the shed blood of his own child, Jesus Christ? Amen. Take a sanctified church and wrap it into his spirit until the Holy Spirit takes the meeting in complete control and the work out the full will of God. Even when David was in that situation. But later on, he said, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, what I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel, not despise nor abhor the affliction of the afflicted. Neither have his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he said, he heard. He said, my praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vow before them that feared him. You can question God. But by the end of your question, always like Job did, I know my Redeemer liveth. You can have a question in your mind. You don't know what to do. Have no answer coming. But always like what David did. He said, I'll praise thee in the congregation. Always like Job. When he was in the, such a, in the, in the ash, uh, in a, in ash heap. But he still said, though the skin worm destroy me. He said, about in my body, I'm still going to see my Savior. A believer can go through a time 
can almost drive them crazy. Amen. But that has nothing to do with their soul. Brother Bram said in uh, thy word, Lord, he said, now anybody knows that the word the devil means a tormentor. How many know that he's a tormentor? How many experience that he's a tormentor? He said, but not, but not tormenting your soul. He said, you are free from that by your gospel preacher and the word of God. He cannot torment your soul. He can torment your spring. He can torment your body, bring sickness in, but he cannot torment your soul. Why he cannot torment your soul? Because your gospel preacher has preached the word to you and you were delivered from that tormentor. He said the demon that come into the soul is something that torments the soul. He said many times you can see a person maybe of insanity. They may be yet a converted person. They may be a converted person filled with the Holy Ghost. And yet be totally insane. Does a believer go through trials? Does a believer go through pressure? Does a believer sometimes even almost feel like they're going to crumble? Does a believer sometimes go through the time and they feel themselves, I think I'm gone crazy. I think this is too much for me. Lord, one more straw on the camel, I'm going to break. How many times have we said that? How many times have we experienced that? But you see, the prophet said, He cannot torment your soul. That's why you're still sitting here. That's why you're still believing every word of God. It seems like your mind is such a pressure, such a guilt, such a condemnation. All kinds of things piled on you. And the devil will try to crush you. But remember the word, he can never torment your soul. Because by the preaching of the word, you are free from that tormentor. How can we head a rest? It's to realize your soul. As soon as you receive the seed word of God, it's like a womb that received the seed that from the husband. And then it closed up, then all the rest of the seed cannot get a hold of it. Is that from the Christ of mystery of God reveal? That's what Brother Adam was talking about. When you receive that seed, when you receive the word of God by faith that in your soul, devil cannot go in that room anymore. Right. That soul belongs to God because that soul comes from God. So he cannot do anything about it. The only thing the devil can do is just on the physical realm. The only thing the devil can do can only do that on your mind. He can play with you. He can do all kinds of things. But thank God, this here, the tormentor cannot reach. When this here is it belongs to God, here is the place that the power is going to rise up. Here is the place that it's the tormentor cannot reach. But Jesus Christ will rise up. That he will torment that tormentor. The tormentor must realize it's the Christ living here. Yeah. 
When the Christ arrived up, that even the legion, those demons that were, was attached to that legion, do the attached to that man. But when Jesus Christ come, all the spirit is said, are you coming here to torment us? Yes. God is going to deliver that man out of the tormentor. Yes. When you have that soul delivered from the tormentor, the tormentor have no way to go in there again. There's not only no way for him to go in there again, but there's a power that's going to rise up from the soul realm and it's going to torment the devil who is the torment the old is here. He's going to drive him out from your physical. He's going to drive him out from your mind. There's no power whatsoever in you. How to do? Surrender a whole self to the Lord. Let me wrap it up over here. Brother Bram said in the Patma vision, he said, I was going to choke it. He said, but I'm going to say it. He said, a man is omnipotent. He said, you don't believe that, but he is. A man that's a fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. He said, whatever you say, that creative power and omnipotence of God, knowing that he is a promise, and he said it in his word, he creates a power that goes out yonder and brings things to pass. Things that is not, and make them as though they are, because two omnipotents have met. But Abraham said that God wants a complete surrender. He said, do you believe that? Hey, God wants a surrender. How can God show your reality before you surrender yourself to Him? He talked about a lot. He said, just Abraham was an heir to the world. A lot was a type of the lukewarm believer. He was a believer. Had left his homeland to sojourn with God, but always, never fully surrender. People who have left their world and keep out of the world, they don't want to go to gambling and drinking and carry on, like many of us do. He said they are a believer, but they have never made a complete surrender. Let me quote you another. He said, You say you believe. And haven't received the Holy Spirit? He said, something wrong with your face. He said, God circumcised the heart the minute the believer really comes in full surrender. When you gave yourself, said, Lord, it doesn't take a year. It doesn't take a long. It just takes a one eternal yes, Lord. I surrender my whole self. I surrender whatever I think of. I surrender everything that I hold dear. Lord, I give my whole self to you. It takes that person to say that eternal yes. And to seal them into the kingdom of God. Amen. 
I got so many things I want to say to you, but let me end it here. It's just some, I will say, many years. I don't know. Uh, probably in the, I'll say maybe in the 1998 or 99, in the early age, when I was, um, when I was came into the message, and I, I love the word. This is wonderful. Every word I said, Lord, this is absolutely the truth. And I started to get rid of my CDs. I started to get rid of uh, all kinds of things that are in my life. I said, Lord, I want to get closer to you. Lord, I want you to seal me with your Holy Ghost. And one day, when I was at a praying, I said, Lord, is there anything that in my life that you're not pleased with? I know I probably shared this a long time ago before, but I think it's good to re- review this. And I was saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you need me to do? Lord, I want to the Holy Spirit. I want you to come into my heart. Because I read that quote, that the minute you surrender a whole self completely, that's the time the Holy Spirit will come to see you. And the one day when I want to get a, you probably hear the testimony, you know, I was praying and praying, and it seems that nothing happened. And I went back home, really discouraged. And I come, come to my room, and I was praying, and I said, Lord, is there anything between you and me? And something come to my mind. I had a little uh, golden Buddha. It was, uh, it was actually, it was my mom gave it to me. It was a solid gold. Worth a lot of money. And uh, how this had is uh, actually is one of the business uh, 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 customer that he gave, uh, gave that uh, solid gold Buddha uh, to, my, to my mom. So my mom said, this is very precious. He said, I give it to you. He said, now you go to Canada, this is, belongs to you. It's worth a lot of money. So it was, uh, it was a heavy gold uh, uh, little Buddha. So, and it's something that's coming to my mind. Maybe it's not the, that's the thing. So I said, oh, no, Lord, not the Buddha. <laughs> I said, Lord, that is a gold. I can't throw it if I throw somebody else, I get it. So I think, oh, Lord, please. I was struggling. I said, Lord, why that Buddha? Why that Buddha? I said, Lord, what about anything else? <laughs> and then he kept silent. Then I said, okay, okay, okay. So I struggled. And then I finally hold that Buddha out. I take that out. I look at it. I said, oh, my goodness. I mean, Lord, this is thousands of thousands of dollars. How can I, how can I do with this? Should I burn it? I can't burn it. I said, what should I do? So I think about, okay, I'll just cut it. So I go get a, a plier or something, you know? What you call that? Huh? No, it's not saw. Oh, anyway, share it, whatever. So I had coming over here. Oh, I said, Lord, please, Lord, really? Is that you, Lord? And no answer. I said, Lord, I said, it's just for you. I'll do this. So I cut it, I cut it. After I cut it, I look at it. I said, you must be kidding me. It's not a gold at all. It's made from a lead. It's only the outside. It's plated with the gold. I was look at that. I said, Mama, you deceived me. <laughs> and I said, and then all of a sudden I realized, no, it's that customer deceived my mother. I better call my mom. This guy don't do business with him. But when I cut it, when I did it, all of a sudden, I realized one thing. I said, Lord, 
Now I know there is nothing between you and me. Amen. It's not the Lord who wants that Buddha. It's not the Lord who wants your money. It's not that the Lord wants your CD. It's not that the Lord wants your something that in your life. It's not He needed. But you need to know, Lord, there's nothing between you and me. That is the complete surrender. The minute you completely surrender yourself to the Lord, that's the minute the Holy Spirit coming in. When I realize that there's nothing, many musicians come. When I realize, the Lord, that there's nothing between you and me. Sometimes the Lord doing things, it seems like a haywire. It seems like very strange. It's not some big, super duper things that you're thinking of. Oh, I got to do this. It's my burden. I want to do that. I want to do that for the Lord. It may be not like that. To anybody else, what is that Buddha to do? To anybody else, you have thousands of ways to can get over that. But to me... That is the precious. And then the Lord is not that He wants something from me, but He, he just wants me to understand the Murphy. There's a nothing between you and me. Then I have a perfect peace. I'm not struggling anymore. I'm not fighting anymore. Why? Because the Lord showed me. He said, Murphy, there's nothing between you and me. I don't feel it. I don't, I don't need any emotion out of it. Though I was very happy, tears just drop off from my eyes. I said, Lord, it is. There is nothing between you and me. Amen. Whatever that it can be a block between you and me, Lord, I want to get rid of that. It's that desire that is in you. That spirit coming down like a gentle dove and seal you into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Then 20 years later, I'm still standing here to say to you, that's exactly the truth. You don't need a lot of emotion of it. You don't need a whole lot of the boo-hoo or whatever it is. Just take that eternal yes that you say to the Lord. So yes, Lord, I give my whole heart to you. Just take that a total surrender, a complete surrender to the Lord. And make that Holy Spirit circumcise you. And from that time on, I will never be the same. Can you do the same thing? Some young people. Some older people I like. Shall we stand? Let me say to you, fathers and mothers, when you pray for your children, I want to ask you a question. Is there any difference between your prayer from the Lord Jehovah when He know His son and daughter was committed to sin and the Lord Jehovah coming down and crying out saying, Where are thou? Adam, where are thou, Adam? What's the difference between your prayer and that screaming of our Lord Jehovah? I would say that's the same spirit. Maybe it is one spoon of spirit with one ocean of ocean 
of spirit. But still, that is the same spirit that for a father, for a mother, for a husband, for a wife, that have prayed for their loved ones. When your friends rejected you, when your family rejected you, when something that you loved that rejected you, what is that difference from John 1:11 said he came unto his own and his own received him not. When you got hurt from your loved ones and they push you aside, what is that difference from Zechariah 13:6? And one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in thy hands? Then he shall answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. It's the same spirit. There is no difference. One spoon of ocean have no difference from one oceans of oceans. The all elements is the same. And the spirit that you cry day and night and pray for your children, for your loved ones, for revival in your heart, and to pray that some that had a uh, some sisters that they've been divorced about their husband, some husband that may be divorced about their, about their wives and the different things that are in your life. Is there any difference between the Spirit of God and who I just quoted to you? There's no difference. You are under the same Spirit of God when you pray for your loved ones. You're under the same spirit of God. When you're in a situation, you do like David said, Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? But Lord, I still believe every word that you said. Shall we bow our head? Maybe you just play something, Brother Ben. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we uh, spoke about the Word. But Lord, it's now you coming down to fulfill your Word, Lord. Lord, I don't know. But Lord, I'm sure there are situations here. There are difficulties, the trials that the people that went through, they're going through. And some things in the people's life. It seems like the Lord has forsaken them. But Lord, I know you never forsaken them, Lord. Lord, I know that your word is always true because you are a faithful God. But Lord, sometimes they may be saying things, Lord, they some maybe have a questions that are in their mind. But Lord, I would say that question has no difference from what David's in his mind, from Job that in his mind. Lord, I believe that's the same spirit, that the same spirit of God, the same burden of God, that because the first, that's the burden in your heart. And Lord, you express your burden that's through the people's heart that here. Father, I just ask you, Lord, would you come down to meet every need of this congregation, Lord? Lord, they've been giving them so much. They've been helping with the mission works. They've been sending the message out. They've been sending the minister out, the missionary out. They do all in their heart, everything that they can to help the cause of the, of the kingdom of God. Lord, I just pray you. 
Lord, as they're giving themselves to you, Lord, would you pour it out yourself down into their life, Lord, to meet every need that in their heart, Lord. No matter is their children, is their loved ones, is their family, is their marriage life, or whatever that is, or whoever, Lord, I just pray you to coming down to meet every person's need, Lord. Father, I thank you. I know you are faithful. Lord, you never failed us. Whatever, when we pray before you, we lifted this up before Lord, your presence. Father, you always, you always want to hear our prayer and to answer that. I commit each person into your hands. Lord, I pray when they walk out of this door, Lord, may they drop every burden that they cannot solve and end the sanctuary. As they walk it out, then let them become released and delivered from all the pressure and all the things the devil tried to put it on them. Lord, may they walk out and become a free man and a free woman. Lord, and may the things that has bothered them, may the things that has been bonded to them and drop the chain and drop the, the bondage. Lord, when they walk out, they can walk out free. Father, I believe that. I thank you for that, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Can we sing a song, I Surrender All?